Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this sixth day of June. Got a great show. Um, got a little bit of a migraine headache, folks. I don't know how long the show's going to be today, but I, I've got quite a few notes. Uh, I thought it may be a slow news day, but it turns out to be quite uh, a few things to talk about today on today's program. So uh, we'll get to that. Sam Cassell didn't get a chance to talk about that yesterday. He's hired as an assistant coach, got a soundbite for that with the Celtics to help the young Joe Mazzula. You just wonder, maybe Cassell, with his experience as a player and a coach, maybe should have been the uh, head coach hire, but I'll, I'll get to that here in a little bit. Also, Will Farrell. Will Farrell will be playing the great John Madden. I think he'll be able to pull it off. I've got a few more examples of uh, guys that's played in real goofy uh, comedians that played real good turned out to be really good actors. We'll talk about that as well. And this PGA lift thing, I'll start off with that after the break. Uh, but first, we'll take our only uh, break here, and I'll be back in 49 seconds here on SportsCope. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and SportsCo. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Then also want to make the announcement tomorrow, Wednesday, at the beginning of the program, I'll have Spitball and Sports John Restano on talking about the NBA finals. Also want to get his opinion on the Celtics situation, Kyrie LeBron situation. Uh, what does he think about that? Potentially putting those two together uh, with Luca. Uh, also, I am back on, had some uh, technical issues there. Uh, uh, let's talk sports. Dan Dave Harris's uh, Dan Dave Harris's outfit there. They had he had some of his uh, former uh, hosts there live stream a game, and they got a little bit of trouble there live streaming the Celtics game and got suspended for a week from YouTube. So he had to let them go. But uh, yeah, if you're watching, uh, Dan, I am back on your network without any issue. Also, um, so. Those are the announcements. Sometimes I get uh, forget to do my announcements and everything. Uh, you can check out Sports Scope on um, who is this other one there, folks? I can't remember now. I want to say uh, not let's talk sports, but either way, I'll figure out the guy's name. Uh, Stadium Rant. Uh, I, you can see the program through these guys. Uh, let's see. There's one more real quick here. Uh, stadium rant, uh, man, sideline sports. You can see, uh, you can see us on sideline sports one, uh, through, through their, uh, network as well. So kind of, you know, you sports scope is growing, you know, it's, it's growing all over the place. So anyways, uh, Jacob DeGrom, I'll talk about Jacob DeGrom pickles. He's getting Tommy John surgery I, I'll mention that story, and I hope DeGrom comes back even at 34. He's beat Tommy John before. He, he has recovered uh, from Tommy John before, but uh, DeGrom, um, DeGrom just signed a five-year, $185 million uh, contract with the Rangers. And, you know, the Mets, did they finally beat the curse of signing the player? 
that gets injured. You know, this is one that they let go that he got injured somewhere else. So I'll talk a little bit about that history. But first, you know, this live and I'm not a huge golf. Uh, yeah, turf surgery pickles. Yeah. But a lot of great players have overcame that surgery, uh, including DeGrom before in the past, I want to say like 2018 or something. Uh, the recovery rate is around 82 to 90 percent. It, it's a lot better than what people think, according to some of the articles I looked up there on the Tommy John surgery. But um, first, OK, this is really funny. Now, last year, I'm not a big golf fan, but this is an interesting story. The this this PGA thing with the Live Golf now lives a Saudi back different league, and and we talked about this last year. I actually uh, screenshotted one of my uh, notes pickles from last year's show. Th and th these are my notes from practically one year ago. We're talking June of 2022. Uh, I screenshotted this. I said. P this is this month, one year ago. I said PGA suspends 17 players for participating in LIV uh, officially due to competition. The Saudi back lead shouldn't be an argument when Nike's one of the biggest sponsors that makes $6 billion a year. Hostile, uh, you know, being out, being out of China. I noticed that the State Department was in good standing with uh, this. Was, this was last year's notes. Good standing with the uh, with the Saudi government uh, with dispute assassination of the journalists and all that stuff. Uh, the president was currently last year asking uh, asking the Saudis for oil. So let's go to this year. I've got a um, so the the PGA merged <laughs> the PGA merged with the Saudi uh, government uh, Saudi government with this with the Saudi back lead the Live Golf Tournament. So here is here is Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan is the commissioner of the uh, PGA. This is the commissioner of, of, of the PGA. Uh, one year ago today, listen to how he's changed his tune. This is funny. An issue for me. The term today, sports. From sixty the minutes here. Games and teams and stadiums to cleanse an image and launder a reputation. Jay Monahan, the commissioner, last year. I think you have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications, and as it relates to the families of 9/11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones, and so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the pga tour 9-11 families say live golfers who accept these huge payouts from, from the saudi government are helping the saudis sports wash a history of human rights abuses and terrorism okay some have called it the saudi golf league instead of the live golf series is uh, is how big of an issue is it where the money is coming from as far as that tour yeah. well it's 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 not an issue for me because i don't work for the saudi arabian government but it probably is an issue for players that chose to go and take that money and i think you have to ask yourself the question jim why no, I listen. I, I think I've been pretty clear on this. I don't. I don't see it. Now that happening. this was a later yeah, interview in September of last year. Where we are, and you think about words and actions. You know, we are currently being. Uh, we're currently in a lawsuit. So coming together and having conversations to me, um, you know, that card is off the table and has been for a long period of time. So he said that card's off the table. Now let's go back and see what he said today. Um. Same guy, uh, Jay Monahan. On I think this is majority uh, of the economics. Correct me. This if I'm is on the Golf Channel today. <laughs> Same guy. Listen up, Pickles. Oops. I mean, you're describing a scenario. Jay Monahan today. PIF at some point could have the majority of the economics. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of this entity. Essentially, the Saudis sort of people will say, oh, they control golf around the world. I'm just curious as to what you think the response is going to be. Well, listen, 
a lot of people have been reading about the tension um, and that we've talked a lot. Um, and I said previously that we were going down our path, they were going down theirs. And today that tension goes away. The litigation is dropped. We're announcing to the world that on behalf of this game, we're coming together. And it's, it's less about how people respond today. And it's all about how people respond in 10 years. And when they see the impact that we're having on this game together, there'll be a lot of smiles on people's faces and there'll be a lot more people playing this game all over the world. And if you're a young player that wants to get to the highest level of the game today, you'll be more inspired than you've ever. Well, I think, I think when you listen to that, it, he, he kind of pushed golf out of its comfort zone a little bit. Uh, there, there's some antitrust issues there. With the, with the litigation, I mean, basically the, the PGA saying you can't pro play professional golf in America now that you're playing for the PGA, and the litigation was over over that monopoly they had on on professional golf, and now and now that's over with. But my thing was, you know, people wanted to make a big deal about it, and I just mentioned about you know, sponsors of the, of the PGA, the Nike stuff of the PGA. So it was nothing, but nothing was really about the more obligation to the human rights causes in, in Saudi Arabia. It was about money and it was about uh, uh, losing your monopoly. It was about losing your monopoly on the professional uh, stage area. And I like what this athletic reporter said about this he says uh he had, had a good quote here and i want to make sure and get this right this guy brody a miller brody a miller not 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 the not the skier not the olympic gold uh skier whatever uh th this is a writer for for the athletic he says the pga asked the star players to turn down hundreds of millions of dollars guaranteed and in one case with Tiger Woods, it was like almost $700 million, some ridiculous amount of money, close to a billion dollars to, to, to go uh, for, the, for the LIV. But he says, this, this writer says, the PGA asked its star players to turn down hundreds of millions of dollars of guaranteed dollars and boldly lambast Liv's mortality. It asked them to be loyal and then without so much as a phone call or a heads up, sold them out is what this reporter for The Athletics said. So uh, that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. So I wasn't really one to do the heavy-handed on the judgment. Uh, I, I was wondering originally why all these reporters for The Athletic from PGA were really coming. They're coming a little extra hard on this on these players who had left the um, – this turned into a – and, and Darren Ravel mentioned this. Uh, reporter Darren Ravel, who he works, he used to work with ESPN. He's worked with everybody. Uh, he covers like sports business and everything. Darren Ravel, he's now with the Action Network, and and he calls this a heck of a robbery for one year. He said that he compares this robbery to like the um, oh, he's saying like the AFL and NFL, and he's comparing it to Ohio State, Michigan, and all this stuff. You know, he talked about the players uh, who left. You know, great players took big money. Brooks Koepka, uh, Phil Mickelson, Cameron Smith, Bryson DeChambeau, and, of course, the, the famous ones who stayed on, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth. These are just a few of them. Uh, so, but my point was, I, I figured there was more to it. And then I found out last year, that the former president, Donald Trump's course, which was in New Jersey, one of the live golf tournaments were, were at that. And this is what, and, 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 and kudos to a guy who, so so that's another reason why the media want to dig in at this. So that that's what I figured that's out. I, I put all that together. Uh, so that was part of some of the media's outrage. And I noticed 60 Minutes dug into it. But Ravel says, uh, who, who is not a big Trump guy whatsoever, he's, he's a sports guy. But he's also a pretty far left wing guy. 
he, he compares this rival to Dodgers-Yankees in the 50s, Lakers-Celtics in the 80s, <laughs> Duke and UNC. He, he, says, uh, he said this rival is like that. And he also said that he, he also uh, said something I was surprised that Ravel said. He says uh, the former president said, all these, this was uh, back on the 22nd of July, uh, practically one year ago, the former president said, all these golfers that remain loyal to the very disloyal PGA will pay a big price when the inedible merger with LIV comes and you get nothing but a big thank you from the PGA officials. That's what he said 322 days ago. Uh, Darren Ravel on the other side of the of the aisle of Trump, uh, actually gave Trump credit for that prediction. You know, uh, when you say it's not about the money, it's about the money, right? So, it, it, and a lot of this was people taking personal shots at him. Uh, this was about PGA giving up his monopoly and all this stuff. And I just played you the, the, the commissioner, this... Um, Jay Monahan Pickles, how he says one thing, and then he, and then less than a year later, he says another thing, and yeah, we're merging, blah blah blah. So this reminds me of the famous, the very famous skit uh, from Dave Chappelle made up. Uh, supposedly true. A lot of these stories are true. I found out later between Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, his brother, and the late great singer Rick James. Okay, uh, Pickle says this guy's a sellout. So this is Rick James talking about a story that Charlie Murphy says that uh, in this famous skit back in 2004, I think, from the Dave Chappelle show. That here, I'll play you the soundbite. Here's the context of it. The context of it saying that uh, he was high, uh, that, that he got really high one day he had some muddy cowboy boots on, and he had a. Uh, he went over to Eddie Murphy's house, white suede, very expensive couch, and just dug his feet in there because he was really high on cocaine. And he says because he's a rich and he can get another one. This is, and then when a reporter asked, um, when the reporter asked uh, 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 Rick James about it, here's his 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 response. See, I never just did things just to do them. Come on, I mean, what am I gonna do? Just all of a sudden, just jump up and grind my feet on somebody's couch like it's like it's you know something to do. Come on, I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grinding my feet on his couch. <laughs> See, I never just did things just to do them. Come on, I mean, what am I gonna do? Just all of a sudden, just jump up and grind my feet on somebody's couch like it's like it's you know something to do. Come on, I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember driving. <laughs> Man, I ain't never. We ain't never gonna merge with the Live Golf Tournament with all those Saudi Arabia back company and all that blood and money. Yeah, we're gonna merge with the Live Golf Tournament and uh, the Saudi Arabia and, and and all their blood money. So I, I thought, I think it's hilarious. There's a lot of hypocrisy from people. Uh, I, like I said, I don't really watch that much golf. I, I just like to point out these type of stories. I think I thought it was a fascinating story, and it was a heated robbery there for a while. Um, I think I've seen part of one of their tournaments. It was pickles. It was on YouTube last year. Uh, the only time I really would watch golf, sometimes I watch the Masters. Kepka's a good player. I mean, that guy came in second last year. He's won multiple majors. Uh, he he reminds me, uh, he, he's a byproduct of Tom Tiger Woods. Kepka looks like a pro athlete. I mean, Kepka, if you if you put a mask on Kepka and had him stand outside in the golf shirt, polo shirt, and you put on Tony Romo, former NFL quarterback, who's an avid golfer, and put him outside Brooks Kepka and said, which one's a pro football player, which one's the pro golfer, you couldn't tell the difference between Kepka and um, Tony Romo, he, the guy, and, that, and that's a product of the kind of training and the athlete that a guy like Tiger Woods has brought. Now the game's going to be more international. I know they had the, the European, the British Open, I think it's called the Open, 
but now you're going to see the game being played all over um, all over the place. Now, you know, when I had my gym membership, I can't afford it now. I've had to cut a lot of stuff back. Uh, but when I did have my membership and I'm and I'm one doing going on one of these long walks on the treadmill, I'll watch a golf tournament. You know, if it's on the T little small TV, uh, if I see a player that's hot, you know, and he, he's you know, he's got a birdie or two, which is you know, uh, one under par. Uh, if he if he if he's kind of got a zone going, you know, I, I'll look at it and, and watch a few minutes of it. But uh, I just think you know it's it's the big business of sports, and it's hard to like say boycott this, boycott that. Uh, you know, this these phones probably made in North Korea. Uh, how much stuff we got's made from China? I mean, I, it would be. It, I'd love to live in a perfect world where everything was made in the United States, preferably here out of Nashville, Tennessee area. But that that's just not that's just not the reality uh, that we live in. Okay. Okay. Now here, uh, basketball story, uh, basketball story. Saudi will be tried by the NFL next in major league baseball. What pickle says 3000 Americas murdered, uh, the golf BS things, a scam. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, you can make that argument for any of these places. Uh, what else is tied to Saudi Arabia? I mean, you got the president asking them for gas, you know, so anyways, um, all right, so Sam Cassell, Sam, so they didn't fire Joe Mazzula. You know, uh, Brad Stevens, he didn't want to pay, he didn't want to pay that, um, he didn't want to pay off this guy he just extended in Joe Mazzula. You know, he, he didn't want to do that. So essentially... He brought in uh, a 50, I want to say Gasell's 53 years old. He, he's older than I thought he was uh, going to be. Uh, the former, uh, this guy, now Gasell has been a coach here since 2009. He's been an assistant since 2009. Now, this is the same Gasell that 2008 won a ring with, with the Boston Celtics. Uh, he won two rings as a point guard with those uh uh, with those uh, Rockets teams, pickles. He was the, he ran the point. You had Maxwell, uh, you had Robert Ory, you had Cassell, and of course you had the star Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, I think this is a great pickup. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but he will get the guy, the guys in line. Listen to him last year. He was he hired over as an assistant from. Philadelphia's former coaching staff under Doc Rivers. This is a soundbite last year of him going through a drill with a veteran player, with a veteran James Harden and a very young Tyrese Maxey going through a shooting drill. And, it, and it's funny. Uh, I think there's a little bit of language here, but listen up. Sam Cassell last year going through a shooting drill this caught called on film with uh, Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. Another funny bit here. So, <laughs> okay. So he's going over this. He says, basically, he's going over these little points where, you know, elbow out, jump shot, go to one spot. You, you start off at seven or you, you go to seven. And if you miss, you go back down one. And that that that's, 
it, and then you got to start over. You go back down one, and then then you have to start over. And 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 uh, and James Harden was like, well, "Why why did you go back down?" And he says, "Because you missed, mother effer." Uh, <laughs> that's former player to player type of banner. You you know, a guy that's a this that wasn't a former NBA player and had that kind of clout that a Sam Cassell had. There's no way he could he could have got away with that. So Cassell's that guy that's going to get in those guys' rear end and 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 say, hey, listen, man, you got to get back and play defense. Your ball watching over here. I remember we mentioned that the other day, uh, which cost Denver the other day. Instead of taking your man like you're supposed to, you're ball watching. Uh, same thing in like football. It's like you know if you are trying to defend the uh um what do you call it the option right if you're trying to defend the option the coaches tell you don't follow the ball look at the formation look where the blockers are going because they know the play okay if the blockers are coming towards you at this angle go towards them and try to squeeze through the block and get the tackle if the blockers are going to your left don't follow the ball to the right because you feel like you got to jump on the ball. Is this thing going to be option off to the left? They're not going to go away from their blocking scheme most of the time. Not unless somebody breaks protocol and uh, tries to jump around, messes up the play and tries to jump around. Sometimes that happens. Most time it doesn't. So I thought that was a pretty good hire. I wish, you know, looking at his experience, I kind of wish maybe Boston would have rolled the dice and just hired Cassell as the head coach. You know, former point guard, uh, uh, a three-time champion, and been an assistant since 2009. I mean, we're talking, it's, you know, he'd been around for a while. So I, I think that that was a good pickup. Don't, not sure, not sure if it would be a great pickup, but it would be a, a, a good uh, pick up there, and it, and it may very well put them over the top. With the talent they have, they're probably going to have to address Al Horford's situation there and, and see how that thing works out um, from what we see. Uh, yeah, yeah, he could shoot lights out. He's a real clutch player, real clutch player in Sam Cassell. Uh, big, big move there. Got Just totally got past me yesterday. When that um, when that hire was made, okay. All right. Uh, bad news here out of uh, going to baseball now. Jacob Degrom is supposed to undergo uh, undergo Tommy John surgery. He's probably done this year. Obviously, uh, he signed a five year, a thirty four year old player. Now, him being that age. Uh, DeGrom signed five here, $185 million with the Rangers uh, battling various arm injuries over the past three seasons, made six starts with the Rangers before, before going on injured list with elbow inflammation. Uh, had an ERA under three. It, it was under three. He was off to a really good start there uh, in, in Jacob, uh, Jacob DeGrom. Here's my take on that. There was some talk like, man, Mets, I mean, you've got Steve Cohen. You've got this really high-dollar, um, very wealthy owner here. You go out and get Verlander instead of the Grom. Why don't you bring back the Grom? And, you know, as I mentioned before on this program, the the Mets, the Mets have been um, – the Mets have been one of the unluckiest organizations in all of baseball. You know, uh, they always seem to get a guy a year too late. They always seem to get a player when they're spending big money, Pickles, that they they player never had injury problems. And then when they go to the Mets, they start getting injured like nobody's business. You know, for example, if I can go find my notes here. Um, okay, for example, this team had uh Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin, 
you know, if it wasn't an injury with the Mets, it was giving up seven, eight runs with the Mets. You know, uh, Mo Vaughn, uh, weight just went out of this world with the Mets. You know, and one of my and one of my all time uh, examples would be Pickles, two time Cy Young Award winner, uh, Minnesota Twins pitcher Johan Santana. I mean, I was for sure when the Mets picked up Johan Santana that they they were going to probably make a World Series run with with that player. And it it just did not seem to work out. So this year, you know, and and like I said, I want the best for the Grom. But Mets fans, in the back of your mind, Mets fans, I know it's been since 86 when you actually won the World Series. We know you went with Mike Piazza. Piazza was one. He, he, you got some good years out of him. Now he was great with the Dodgers too, but you know the Mets have had. And I'll ask this about Carlos. You know, in in a weird way, aren't you glad that he signed with them rather than you? I know this sounds cruel and stuff, but I'm sure around the Met Nation out there, they're thinking, man, because this normally happens to us. We're the team that gets the player that gets injured, that his best years are way behind him, Pickles, you know. And Pickles says that uh, have lost their leg. Yeah, so it looks like that those players are too old. Uh, now, from what I understand, they're still playing. But, you know, Johan Santana, he was another $100 million-plus guy, and he never could quite get it going with the New York, I mean, that guy, two-time Cy Young Award winner with the Minnesota uh, Twins. And, of course, the I mean, he was very – he had a very dominant stretch during his career there with um, with the uh, 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 with, with the with, with the Twins. They just didn't have any other pitchers to go with him or they would have won a World Series – in the early 2000s, they would have got past the, the, the Yankees. And I, I think uh, they would have probably won the World Series during that time that he was there. So we'll see what happens with the Mets. Like Mike Pickle said, uh, maybe they still got some of that bad luck going right now. Uh, I mean, they're still in and it's still early. It's uh, not even July yet. But I just thought that was interesting how the player that they lost, that finally somebody else kind of feels – that the pain of, of, of the Mets organization hope the best for him. I know it's a long shot being 34 coming back from Tommy John with modern technology, hard work ethic. You never know. You, you, you just never know. Uh, I definitely hope the best for the guy. Okay. Another big story coming in about entertainment. Will Ferrell, uh, Will Ferrell, known for his goofy movies, Talladega Nights, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, Old School, one of my favorites, Night at the Roxbury. Uh, Talladega Nights probably my favorite one. I mean, you know, the old adage is if you've seen one, you've seen them all. And so Will Ferrell, uh, this was reported last week, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But it was reported last week, if I could find this, uh, that he will play. Man, I've got so much stuff on here saved. That he will play in a movie written, uh, a movie called Madden, the John Madden story, Pickles. Uh, This movie will be directed by five-time Oscar nominee David O. Russell, who previously served as director of the critically acclaimed film Silver Linings Playbook. I don't remember that movie, but it apparently got critically acclaimed. This film is expected to touch on Madden's time as a head coach of the Raiders, his TV broadcasting career, and how he became the creative voice behind one of the most popular video game franchises of all time, Madden. And a lot of my friends, some of these younger folks, they just know him from the game. I know him more as a broadcaster. People in my dad's generation... They knew him as the coach of the Raiders, right? A young one of the younger coaches ever to 
to, to win a Super Bowl, John Madden. You know, uh, the project is uh, is independent, separate of this article says, separate of the series. Check this out. Separate of the limited series about Madden's life with Tom Brady as executive producer. Deadline previously reported. Deadline, this is the story I'm getting this off of. It remains unclear when filming on Madden will begin. An official release date for the film has not been announced. The New York Giants co-owner Steve Tisch is listed as one of the Madden producers. It's widely expected the NFL will embrace the feature film on one of the sports. Um, that's all I got for that article. So anyways, you ask yourself, Will Ferrell will have to bring it. What You know, I'll say this. Here's some hope. Here's some hope right here, folks. Other goofy actors who have done serious stuff and it turned out to be good. Jamie Foxx, for example. Jamie Foxx used to do some of the goofiest. There was a show called in the 90s called In Living Color. It was pretty much an all-black Saturday Night Live, one white guy, <laughs> one white guy, and that was uh, Jim Carrey. I loved it. Come on, Fox. It would come on either before or after uh, The Simpsons and Living Color, and he would do some of the goofiest characters on that. He played in movie. He did stand-up comedy. Um, he did, um, uh, Jamie Fox did, uh, uh, oh, God, Booty Call with Vivica A. Uh, Fox. I think that's who it was. No relation, right? Uh, and Tommy Davidson from that movie. Very funny movie. And then he ends up winning an Oscar and 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 was totally cold. I mean, just unbelievable with uh, Ray. And he sung the songs. He sounded like Ray Charles. Uh, he, was, he was one of the best ever. So I, I think about that. And here recently... And I think you all, and maybe I told this on the show, but I've told you all separately uh, in, in person, some of y'all that know me, that this show called Winning Time, this series that came out last year on HBO called Winning Time, uh, about the the Lakers forming and Dr. Buss purchasing the Lakers in the late 70s, building this team up getting the right coach, getting the right general manager, making Jerry West a GM, getting the right coach. And, you know, they they, they had Paul Westhead, uh, not Westall, Westhead. He was the fill-in coach. The original coach gets hurt. Uh, they bring in Pat Riley. The rest is history. But the guy that played in this uh, um, series last year, really good, by the way, uh, was John C. Riley, Riley and John C. Riley played, uh, he played Dr. Buss. Now, he was also one of the co-stars in Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby's uh, best friend that betrayed him in Talladega Nights, and uh, which is Will Ferrell. And he was also in Step Brothers with, with, with Will Ferrell as well. Uh, but his best work was done uh, this showtime was awesome. When he played, I mean, he was really good in this. Man, he was good. I, I'm still impressed. That and the, and the new series is supposed to come out this year. I may order HBO just to watch Winning Time, and then I'll cancel it again. So, uh, other pickles mentions people like Robin Williams. You know, um, Robin Williams played in a lot of goofy movies and goofy TV shows. The Bork and Mindy, uh, you know, all that stuff. And then you'll see him play. On Goodwill Hunting, which was, you know, critically acclaimed. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, when he's sad and bummed out about losing his kids, and uh, then he also dresses up like a woman, and people are laughing. So he can go from very serious to very, uh, 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 you know, obviously goofy. So, yeah, yeah. So Robin Williams will be a good example of these guys that you wouldn't think could carry something of that nature, but he, they end up doing, I mean, uh, you know, good morning Vietnam. He plays very serious towards the end. I didn't like that part of it, but he, he's a really, he was a really good actor. 
Uh, Pickle says Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pryor can play serious stuff too. And uh, I actually like Richard Pryor. There was a movie on MLB Network that I thought was good that the critics didn't like from Richard Pryor. And I thought Brewster's Millions was a good movie where a guy wins, he inherits uh, millions of dollars, and I think he's supposed to spend $35 million to win, to inherit in a certain amount of time. They can't give it all in one spot. He's supposed to blow $35 million to get um, $100 million. And then the toy with Jackie Gleason. Uh, yeah, so all that was very good. It was He was very good in this. So I do think that Will Ferrell will probably be really good. And he's probably tired of doing all these goofy movies. Uh, the movie about him being a singer. And um, this was a movie, I think Netflix just produced it. Uh, that was a funny movie when he was a singer over in uh, another country and him and his girlfriend, they're, they're trying to get this pop band going. Uh, I can't remember the name of the country, but it was funny. It's goofy. You know, that blades of glory. Uh, yeah. He's probably tired of doing that over 20 years. You know, remember he, he started out. I saw him in, you know, late night, mid to late nineties, you know, Will Ferrell. So I do think him playing John Madden, uh, Outside looking in, I do think that it will be a hit. And and, and speaking of uh, documentaries, uh, yeah, so I'm recording Bill Walton 30 for 30. Uh, there's a two-part series that's on as we speak. I'm recording it right now because I'm sure they'll replay it on ESPN. Uh, the very talented Bill Walton. And I do like the title. It said, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And that title kind of reminds me of the July 4th Pickles uh, speech by Lou Gehrig. I'm the luckiest man uh, on the face of the planet. July 4th, 1939, coming up on the anniversary of that speech, uh, his farewell speech when he uh, was diagnosed with ALS, better known as the Lou Gehrig disease. So that's the same name as this Bill Walton, uh, two-part 30 for 30 that's on right now. Then they're going to show up, probably replay an ESPN2 later on, of uh, the, the very talented big man. Uh, I like him as a commentator. I think he is brutally honest and maybe too honest. Maybe that's why ESPN didn't want to ABC. I know he still calls – uh, see the Arizona or Arizona Pac-12 games or whatever. I think he works spe uh, specifically either Arizona, Arizona State, uh, calling their games. You know, I know he does some NCAA stuff, and I was just wondering why that the NBA didn't want to keep. Maybe because he was too honest, pickles. You know, he once famously said uh, in the early 2000s when he's working with uh, ABC or whatever. Uh, he says, you know, somebody needs to tell Chris Weber the game started at noon. And, uh, and uh, somebody actually caught one of his friends called Chris Weber and said that. And Weber, you know, played like uh, his head was on fire in the second half. And then he mentioned, hey, man, you know, Bill Walton's up there calling me out saying the game started at noon. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, because you're, la you're lagging around here, not doing anything, you know. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he reminds me of a Brett Favre type of guy that he just enjoys the game. He enjoys the he enjoys the competition, the camaraderie. He enjoys the weather outside, the smell of the basketball, uh, the communication. Uh, you know, uh, everything else that happened that day. You know, I would love to interview Bill Walton. I know he goes off, you know, uh, off the reservation sometimes, goes off the deep end. Uh, but, you know, he, he's funny as all get out. Great Bill Walton. So I'll uh, I'll definitely be uh, checking that out here in a few minutes. And again, tomorrow, folks, John Rostano at will be on here the, the first uh, spitball in sports 
he'll be on here the first hour here uh well the first 30 minutes i'll i may i may have a couple of takes after that and i'll cut the show short again tomorrow because we've got game three in um in miami now i i don't like the way this thing is spread out to be honest we I, I just don't uh i don't like the idea that they played in denver on sunday and then I want to push it all the way to Wednesday before they play in Miami. And then, so they play Friday in Miami. And then they're not even going to play uh, back in Denver on Sunday, which everybody loves. I love those Sunday. It should be a Sunday, late Sunday afternoon game in Denver. Instead, Pickles, they're pushing that next game back. Uh, the next game in, in, in Denver back to Monday night. So we're going to have a game on tomorrow. We'll have a game Friday, and then they'll skip the weekend all around, and then I have another game on Monday night back in Denver. And, of course, it's bleeding it out and keeping people like me talking about it, spreading it out a little too much if you ask me. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. If you guys like the show, share the show. I did have another soundbite that I didn't get to play earlier, and um, I will play it now. This is uh, now this is another guy. Uh, you know, if 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 I don't, uh, I, some a lot of times I don't agree with it. Him, uh, it's a Steve A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd. Uh, anybody else from Fox or ESPN, I'll call them out. This is Colin Cowherd on the LIV, and I meant to play this earlier. This is him earlier talking about uh, he was offered a commercial with the LIV six figures uh, golf uh, thing, but he turned it down. But listen to what he says. Love the live golf too. I, I, I say this: the only people that are only right on the internet are anonymous. Isn't that a coincidence? They're always right. And the only people with morals and values in the world are never offered big money or enormous opportunities. I don't have to love the live golf tour and everything it stands for. By the way, I was offered six figures to do some reads for the live golf tour. I didn't accept it, but, but. I didn't badmouth other hosts that did. That's the difference. I was offered six figures to do stuff with Live Golf. I was invited to tournaments. I said, no, thank you. But I didn't lecture sportscasters that did. I didn't lecture anybody that did. I'm not in their shoes. I don't pay their taxes. I don't have their life. I don't know what's going on. Stop lecturing politicians, golf tours. Stop lecturing us. When people get great opportunities, I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what it means to your family. Maybe get. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do agree with him on that, man. Um, what was that? I think I had another soundbite from the live thing. Let me see if I can find that. Now, here is Brandon Shimblel. This is one of the saddest days in the history of professional golf. Now, this guy works for the golf TV. He. He seems like he's he's really trying to go to bat for the PGA. Listen to him. Merger to fruition. Joining us now, our colleague, Randall Chambly, who's been very outspoken in this story. Randall, your reaction to this news and this merger today? Well, like everyone else, when I first heard about it, I was completely shocked. I can't imagine that uh, too many people outside of maybe the two or three or four or five people that were in the room that brought this merger to fruition would have known anything about it. Uh, after the shock sort of ebbed away, I was hugely disappointed. I think this is one of the saddest days in the history of professional golf. Uh, I do believe that the governing bodies, the entities, the professional entities have sacrificed their principles for profit. And then, of course, I tried to imagine what circumstances would have led to such a capitulation. Uh, I think there are three things likely that would have led to something like this, as Jody was just talking about previous uh, intractable legal issues going on indefinitely into the future uh no doubt with legal vulnerability on both sides of this issue and the only people that stood to profit from that were the lawyers that were involved and then of course the 
I think entanglement of the various business uh, entities and sponsors that the PGA Tour has that have Saudi money, PIF money. Yep. Yep. So, uh, what Don Hilly get all the lawyers kill them tonight? That you know, antitrust issues. You trying to you're trying to tell people, you know, what to do. You want to have that, but it's more about the My point is, it's more about the monopoly on professional golf in America rather than the whole Saudi Arabia. That's a side thing. That's a side thing, you know. And he he took a shot at Brooks Kepka, and of course Brooks Kepka just tweeted out. You know, um, I hope uh, somebody needs to do a security check, a welfare check on uh, Brandon Chabelle, who works for the Golf Network. They, it, uh, you know, and maybe he got himself in trouble for speaking out like that. I don't know. Either way, I think it's fake. I think a lot of that is, is fake outrage. And uh, it, it's not for the reason that they're saying it. This uh, Brandon Chabelle, uh, it's not for the reason what, what, that they're saying it's for. And obviously, they're doing business with the Live Golf Tournament, so it's not. And, and that's some sound that I forgot to use earlier. So I wanted to make sure and get all that out, folks. Again, if you like the show, please share the show. Uh, it, I, the only, re, only way I can really get this thing going and off the ground, I need you folks to share it, okay? And we can get more uh we can uh get more um you know uh, guests and everything on here and build this thing up uh there's only so much i can do with the shoestring budget that i have everybody so anyways i'll see you tomorrow otherwise same place same time here on sports scope oh let me let me play my outro there Thank you.